If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 368 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Sadio Mane of Irish Mixed Martial Arts Media, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about one of the biggest nights in terms of excitement in the history of uh, of UFC fight nights, I suppose we want to put it that way. We won't go too mad with it, but uh, a great night in the world uh, of the of the UFC. Anyway, but we'll get uh, into all of that. But before we do, we must give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Sweaty sack summer is approaching. It's already here. If this weekend is that just right, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've the honor. Testing these boxers out, and I can say that they have the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. These even uh, they even trademarked the, the jewel pouch, uh, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathing at twenty percent off and free shipping with code Severe MMA at Manscaped.com. And Manscaped have been supporting us for a long time now, and all their products. I think everyone who's, who's used our products. No, so good there. They're absolutely phenomenal. Let's say you're out on a date and your partner catches the manscaped on your waistband and your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. Uh, this is thanks to the uh, Lawnmower 4.0. That's the electric trimmer. It offers the advanced skin safe technology uh, to trim hair on loose skin. But outside of that, uh, they have the game changing boxers as well. They include um, the jewel pouch, a, design, uh, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their old special space lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated basically just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas chilling out in a hammock in a tropical beach the micro metal uh, fabric is buttery soft and breathable keeping your cucumber cool walk road strut these moisture wicking boxers uh, breed without breaking a sweat the tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and it lays flat against your skin to reduce saving the Front fly opening gives uh, easy access and make bathroom brat- breaks quick and efficient. You can choose from an arrangement of designs and colors and sizes range from small to a 3XL for all of the small guys and the big guys out there. So call uh, to everyone here. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SevereMayManscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code SevereMayManscaped.com. Once the boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. 
Uh, right, Graham, let's get straight into it. So before we get to the fights, actually, before we get uh, to that big UFC card I mentioned, uh, we must make like a slight announcement here that, uh, well, not a slight announcement, it's a pretty fun announcement. It's something we've been looking to do for a while, but uh, we're going to be sponsoring our uh, our first fighter. So we're sponsoring James Sheehan um, to get the, you know, the, the Severa male ogre or whatever it might be on, uh, on him as he goes to his fight next week, which we'll be talking about uh, towards the latter half of, uh, of this podcast cagers and we'll have a, a breakdown during the week uh, on it as well uh, but we, it's something we've been trying to do for a long time Grayson. and like we, we tried to do it with another fighter before and it fell apart for, fell apart for one reason or another and then we obviously had the pandemic and stuff and uh, it's something we kind of we want to do once a year maybe you know an up and coming fighter someone with three or four fights or maybe even under pro debut or something like that sponsor them for one fight we were even on, the last time we were planning on doing it we were going to do it like we whatever amount of money they wanted and then people could sign up to patreon uh but this time it was more short notice and stuff like that and, and the, everyone signed up to patreon all the money would go to the fighter or whatever maybe next year we'll do it like that as well but for this year we have uh james sheen from team rhino uh you know representing severe mayor or whatever we we've i feel like you know we have obviously taken a lot from irish mma and we're trying to give a little back i suppose now we give a lot back ourselves anyway i suppose but we're trying to give another little bit back to the fighters on your gram i i i know uh, it's a thing you're uh, kind of pleased we could we could do as well and it's it's uh, going to be fun to see on, on next Saturday night, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be cool to see the uh, severe logo on the shorts and all that as well. Like, uh, but it's also obviously good to you know, not a major amount of money, but these guys uh, at the start of their career maybe aren't you know aren't as rich as some people may think, and a little bit of sponsorship uh, obviously helps as well, and is is good for us and just good for everybody. So yeah, it's it's good to finally get it going. Uh, as you said, we tried to get it going before and. Uh, uh, for one reason or another, it it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, this time it looks like fingers crossed without any without any pullouts or or anything like that. We, we know uh, we know it's MMA and anything can happen. But uh, hopefully it'll go ahead. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I think uh, Ian is getting James Sheehan on for an interview as well this week. So uh, I know that's we broke our, I broke our golden rule there of never mentioning an interview until it's already done. But sure, look, we've it done now. So I'll, I'll blame you Ian. Cursed if it, it, you've cursed it now. <laughs> I'll blame Ian if it doesn't work. Ian, well. Ian's going to get COVID and <laughs> all internet around the world is going gonna, is gonna to go down. It could happen. It could happen. But um, yeah, either way, look, James Sheehan will be fighting next week anyway, hopefully. Uh, you'll never know what MMA, but uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, KJR's Garden. It's a great week for Irish MMA and any little way we can kind of uh, give back and uh, help out, we will be, we'll be happy to do it and we'll try to do it uh, as often as we can. Right, enough about us. Let's get into the fights um, and talk about this unbelievable Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett card. I know you didn't stay up for it last night either, Graham, did you? I was out at... Uh, out, no, I just watched it this morning, but I hadn't. <laughs> I avoided any kind of... Oh, did you? Phone, so, so I knew. Did you, I watch knew did you watch it from bottom to top, or did you watch the, the top of the card first? What way did you do? I watched the, the main card first, and then I watched the, the prelims after. How uh, Did you kind of capture how amazing of a card it was by doing it that way? <sighs> Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Um, it's also it's, it's really hard to know because I didn't experience the the um, the actual card as it ran. And you know, obviously, when there's um, when you're watching it live, there's a lot of breaks and a lot of promos and a lot of like walk-ins and stuff that I, that I skipped and stuff. So maybe that takes you kind of out of the, the atmosphere of it a bit. Yeah, I I didn't. I watched it this morning as well, obviously I was out, but I. 
I was kind of checking my phone during the card a little bit, and I could see people talking about like I thought. I think I saw Jedi Goodman talking about they were on route for it to be the uh, the, the most finishes in UFC history, and I think it. I didn't get a. Uh, it went level with that, didn't it? So it was unbelievable that way. So I kind of knew it was amazing coming into it. And then I was, I think I was asleep or maybe just put away my phone before the uh, the main event. So I went back and watched that first thing this morning. And I probably did it like the wrong way around because that main event, it wasn't great. It was it was a good fight. But I think I had like this whole card built up so much in my head before I went and watched it that uh, the main event kind of disappointed a little bit. But then I went back and I caught uh, the rest of them. Actually, do you know what? Maybe you've seen it, but I, I missed the fucking, uh, a Kuta fight, which was the one I was looking forward to the most. Though I don't know how I missed it. I just realised it here looking at the card. But anyway, there was some unbelievable finishes, some unbelievable knockouts, and then uh, the the main event as well. I suppose just we'll quickly run through the card, and then we'll talk more about the. Uh, the main event, uh, starting from the very bottom, the Roman Delidze, Kyle Dock has fired just a very, very quick knockout there. Um, Dock has got knocked down early, then he kind of, he came back, but then got absolutely flatlined again uh, late in that big one. Knee, uh, yeah, a big, big, massive knee, and he got put out by that one. Um the next fight in the car now I want to talk a little bit about Phil Hawes and Derwin and you know usually we start, start at the big fights but we'll get to the big fights later I feel like this card deserves maybe to go from the, the bottom to the top because it was so fun I, not, to, not to rail on DC here or anything but doesn't Deron win just show what we talk about all the time to be true that DC kind of telling every fighter he commentates on to fight, to like fight he the way he yeah. does. Yeah. It just, every time, every it fucking just time. does not work for other people because Deron Wynn tries to fight the way DC fights, and which is fair enough. Like he's a go- uh, apparently good wrestler who's small and squat for every division. He seemingly he's like a one thirty five or fighting a middleweight. Uh, and he just got absolutely destroyed by a good, not great fighter in Phil Oz. Phil Oz is a guy, I think, who, and I've said this a few times, but he could go on to be very good. Another one of the guys who came with a lot of hype early in his career, maybe didn't meet it, and I was kind of coming back and maybe his second or third incarnation as like a prospect uh, coming through, but... Uh, I just think after and there was a few fights like this actually on this card and, and fair play to Harry I think mostly it's Spencer as well and Ian on the preview show they kind of called this out that there was a lot of fights here that maybe were very one-sided and that's what maybe made for a great card as well this was this just looked like a mismatch Graham didn't it yeah well yeah when you kind of get blown out of the water like that it looks like a mismatch but uh you know, I, I I don't I don't want to see either guy going going too far. To be honest, uh, Phil Hayes, uh, he, as you said, he's shown kind of glimpses. But it, you know, as you go up to division, I suppose it isn't it isn't a, exactly a killer's row. But I still don't see him. You know, unless he makes major major advancements in his in his uh, career, really going anywhere. And for a win, it's already in his career as as well. But yeah, I don't. I don't see much for either of them, but you know, when when there's not too much jeopardy or not too much to, to look forward to for the future, what you what you do want is a kind of entertaining fight with a with a big finish. So you know, it's good to get that. Yeah, uh, not to go full um, Prince Nazim Hamed here, but like I I I find it very hard to see a top class future for Deron win, or like a, even like a UFC future for him. Honestly, I think the fact, he, and, you know, we've had it here with McGregor with a couple of fighters and all, but the fact that he's friends with DC is probably the only reason he's in the UFC in the first place and probably the only reason I think he's still there. It's just, I, I don't know. I, it's, you can't see him. There's just nothing that 
he has that is going to change him from this very average fighter he is right now to something that's go- going to be very good like because like his his ability isn't strong enough to uh make up for his like um, unbelievably um overwhelming athletic misfortune i suppose or not misfortune is the wrong word but he's uh you know he, he compared to like look at Hawes here Hawes is not particularly massive or anything and he just he's just so much bigger than him just miles and miles and miles bigger than him and that's going to be the case for everyone almost turn win fights and it's going to be impossible for him to make that up so i don't know i, I think maybe if he could get down another way maybe get down to 170 or even get down to 155 if possible i know he's fought up at like 205 hasn't he so maybe that's yeah. not possible but if you go down to 170 155 i think the competition gets harder as well and i don't know i think i agree with you that maybe a few years ago he, he wouldn't even be in the ufc and maybe even even if he was somebody else who wasn't a kind of good friend of Cormier with the streak he's been on, might already be cut and he might end up getting cut now, uh, unfortunately for him. Yeah. Uh, do you know, PFL maybe might be a good place for him to go or something like that. We'll, middleweight's not the best division in the world. And if he did go to PFL, they, they don't have a middleweight at the moment. I don't think they are. Maybe I'm gone mad. But uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't think the UFC is for him. Uh, Cody Stamen then gave Eddie Wineland another defeat. Hell like, beaten. Eddie Wineland got one shot and it looked like it was over, didn't he? It was. Yeah. I thought he was going to go out though because we've seen him before. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, he took a, he took some serious shots, but uh, uh, it was only going one way. And I actually think the ref could have stepped in a little bit earlier. I know yeah. standing stoppages, you're, the ref's probably waiting for him to fall, but he was he was taking some serious shots there and wasn't wasn't looking like in any way that he was going to get out of there. Yeah, he took an awful. Uh, it ju- it ju- it's not that he took an awful beating, although he did take an awful beating. But I suppose. When you're someone like Eddie Wine, and we always talk about the the um, the damage and the, the the perception of the damage it has on someone, like every shot Wineland takes, it feels like he's on the verge of going out, or like one shot away from going out, or it rocks him, and he reacts do you think that, so bad. That's our bias from seeing him before, or do you think that's no, just the way he was reacting to the shots? It, it's just the way he reacted to the shots. I think. I yeah. don't know. I don't know whether it's his chin is gone or whether. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he's always been the type of guy that, you know, tries to kind of react away from a shot to kind of miss it. And sometimes that actually makes it look worse, you know, when you're kind of pulling your head back. But then, like, when you. Yeah, it looks like you got your head snapped back, or maybe you didn't as much. But yeah, I don't think there was a case here, especially in the the final flurries. No, definitely not. But when you kind of. Even the first one, when you kind of get knocked down as well, it looks like you're almost getting fucking flatlined out of it. So, yeah, a good win for Cody Saman. But I think, as as I said as well earlier, Harry called this one. He was. like the man's going to come in here and steamroll him and that's what he did in, in 59 seconds uh, Maria Oliveira then got a split decision win over Gloria De Paula I skipped that one uh, Ricardo Hamas then or Ricardo Hamas beat uh, Danny Chavez and this was oh ooh, this, uh, this was the, all sorts of, the elbow wasn't it? the highlight reel the whole time and yeah. ended up getting another spinning elbow and uh, finishing yeah fucking hell uh, you know it, it looks like he's showing it with precision rather than hope like we, like we see with a lot of them uh, a lot of the spinning attempts uh, especially spinning back fist and spinning forearms and things like that spinning elbows uh, yeah you know I'd like to see him step up obviously but he, he did look really good and he looks really confident and flowy and you know he, he looks a really real danger on the feet uh, especially isn't it it's funny shots like this that you set up as you say he throws with precision it's 
it's it's kind of one that you see coming that your opponent can't see coming, which is unusual in mixed martial arts these days because we we kind of I suppose we know every technique and every fighter knows every technique, but it's um, you know it, it, do you remember uh, Sergio Pettis against uh, Haraguchi when he landed that that uh, you know when he landed the knockout kind of out of nowhere because he kind of stepped over him and he couldn't see it coming. It's like, oh, Jesus, that's, uh, you know, there's nothing you could do about it. Like, there's no way you can get out of it. It feels like the the spinning elbow from Ricardo Hamas is one of those ones where he just, like, he, he kind of walks into you in a way that anyone would normally walk or maybe, like, a step to the right and then turns and hits it with such fucking ferocity and precision that it's... It's it's a real a real kind of it's a tight kind of yeah. usually it's kind of a loopy thing that you yeah. see kind of but this is a tight like meaningful uh, it looks it just looks really really nice and it looks it looks really planned and it doesn't look like oh I just threw this kind of because the situation arose it looks like he's set it up as you kind of uh, mentioned and as well it's enough fun to see someone doing something different and not necessarily that it, 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 we haven't seen it before but the way he set it up and the way he uses it as a weapon kind of regularly while not you know overdoing it is is absolutely brilliant and it's not something we see too much in MMA these days as well because as, as I said earlier you know all the techniques are kind of out there now but uh, he uh, he has certainly kind of refashioned that one and he's using it very well and you know he kind of knocked Chavez outstanding and he was just there against the cage and he was it was, it was another one it was the referee came in and he stopped it and I think everyone knew it was it was finished uh, when it was so I hope Chavez and everyone is okay after this but beautiful stuff by uh, Ricardo Hamas a beautiful finish as well for Jeremiah Wells who knocked out Court McGee missed on a couple of shots but him with the big left hook Oof. over the top not after we see nails were nasty yeah Very nasty coffin nails on at the end there and the way court went out as well with his two arms like like an angel out it was like he was being like taken up or something it was i don't know it, it, it just it, it was a bit biblical or something or jeremiah and you know it was i don't know it was a, it was a it was a crazy knockout and to see court mcgee get knocked out like that as well there's some fighters and i you know I, let me pull up course record but i don't think he's been knocked out that many times at least not uh at least not recently anyway you know yeah all of his last yeah. what five or six losses even more seven eight losses have all been by decision so it's uh, to see a guy like that yeah. it's shocking isn't it yeah it is and he's a, as you kind of mentioned there he's a very difficult guy to look good against and you know this was like something out of a movie the way <laughs> the way he had his arms spread out and he was lying kind of perfectly in the middle of the cage after those coffin nails and you know fair play to Jeremiah Wells you know Court McGee is you know a lot of kind of split decisions or close decisions on his record and a lot of guys find it difficult to get anything going against him but uh, you know that left hook was nasty and those coffin nails were brutal and it was a, a beautiful performance from Wells beautiful stuff indeed and Natalia Silva beat Jasmine Jazdavisius. Um I know a lot of people had high hopes for Jazdavisius, but she uh, ended up losing yeah, this one followed her around Silva around the cage uh, getting picked off with shots and just not really knowing what to do and it was pretty easy for, for Silva 
The judging wasn't, I don't think there was any major mishaps or anything in the judging tonight, but I, I was thinking about it as well. I watched Dana White's um, press conference afterwards and talking about going to Texas more regularly, and that's going to be a problem in Texas. I know there was one judge that someone was talking about tonight, and he's only judged like one UFC before in 2016 or something, and that, that is a major problem with Texas because you have some good guys. I think Chris Lee was there last night and, and Sal Gimato and, and a couple of others, but then you have like random schmo from fucking Houston who you know does uh, fight night Texas 47 you know every four four months or something uh, leave, leave the schmo out of this <laughs> oh he was there actually that fucking idiot but uh, yeah that's uh, it's going to be an issue and people giving out about judging but that's uh, yeah that's where, that's where we'll find bad judging and there's a lot of it in PFL as well I think they're in Georgia or somewhere now at the moment and yeah the judging there isn't isn't great either but anyway um Adrian Yanez then as uh, my, my friend Aaron Bronstetter called it he said he cancelled Tony Kelly which was uh, which was pretty funny uh, and he he absolutely did that he just smoked him here unbelievable power the body shots uh, body shots even open up the hooks I'm sure my friend uh, Dan Tom will be delighted to hear about them body shots scoring and stuff like that but uh, Cruz I think said something really intelligent here he was talking about uh Tony Kelly not defending well and he defends with his offense which is something that I've ne- never really thought about before for a kind of any fighter but it, it does make sense with Tony Kelly and when he was forced into an, a defensive game or like a non-offensive game by Yanis he just could not handle it at all uh, Kerry Hatley bit of a weird stoppage here as well and then he, he fell over and kicked Tony Kelly in the face when he was already out which was mad altogether but serious power by Yanis and then, and then he, pushed, uh, he pushed him like it was his fault even though he Tony yeah. Hatley had like touched him a little bit and kind of fell and stumbled and oh it was just disaster of a stoppage yeah. what do you think of the fight overall though yeah yeah the fight was was good uh, I, I kind of agree with what you what you said it was uh, <laughs> yeah and has obviously continued the streak of knockouts and you don't really see that many kind of knockouts like that in a 135 so uh, yeah it was it, it was good to see but yeah I think uh, the ref kind of I don't know he kind of blew it a bit like he t- he touched them. I don't know if the you know which fighter sees that and who who thinks it's over and not when you start touching them and then there's shots afterwards and then you start kind of pushing them, uh, trying to break up the fight. That's I don't know. the I worst. Think Those are the worst ones. Kevin McDonald was like, for could that. have been a really nice like it was still was really nice to be honest, but he kind of ruined the moment. Yeah, he definitely did. I think the next fight was one of those fights as well that the referee didn't ruin it. I think it was Mike Beltran, and you talked about this in a fight a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we're losing out on classics for kind of early stoppages at times. And this this wasn't necessarily a classic, but he didn't stop the fight when maybe a couple of times he could have stepped in. And I think it was the right decision every time. Um, but... And this is the Gregory Rodriguez Julian Marquez fight. Marquez fight I'm talking about when uh, where Mar- uh, Rodriguez knocked him out uh, after giving him really a hellacious beating for uh, for three minutes and eighteen seconds. Marquez did land a couple. Well, Marquez of shots, was thrown back. He, he, he was every time like it looked like it, the ref was going to think about stepping in, or it could be a moment where he stepped in. He was thrown back, even if he was completely off balance, or even if he was just kind of all over the place. He he was shown again and again. I want to be in here. Yeah, hundreds. This was one of those fights as well, a little bit like Hawes and Win, where it, it, and this one even more so. I think it looked like a professional versus an amateur. It re, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Julia Marquez or anything like that, but this looked like a guy. <laughs> but you look like an amateur. <laughs> this looked like a guy who 
has been doing kickboxing and and just the kickboxing baron I know the, the lads were talking about his jiu-jitsu as well but it looks like a guy who'd been fighting in fucking glory for the last five or six years and then he comes in with a guy with like you know a year's worth of training in a jiu-jitsu gym or something he just he looked a different level like defensively offensively speed power technique he just looked way 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 different level and still and all Julian Marcus hit him and, and I don't know did he knock him down was he off balance but anyway he kind of got straight back up and went back at it again but you know I like Rodriguez I think he's very good Marquez another one of these guys who's uh, he's a name that people know now so he'll probably stay on in the UFC for another while but uh, he is yeah an inferior fighter to Rodriguez anyway I kind of agree with you there. The commentators kind of were like, oh, amazing. But I thought it was more Greg Rodriguez slipping in the kind of in the kind of flurry it was I don't think Marquez even landed it I don't think they showed a replay of it so I'm, I'm, I have to go back and, and look at it but I agree that I think it was more of a slip than uh, than Marquez landing anything or anything strong uh, impactful anyway yeah it's funny to see a fun middleweight fight as well so at least we had that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, did you watch Jason Magulov Kutatalaze fight I'll have to go back and watch that yeah, I, missed it. Well, yeah I, watched it. I watched it uh, it was close like the I think the first two rounds were pretty obvious so you know uh, it comes down to the third round Round, but I, I thought, you know, I'd have to go back and watch it closer. But I thought it went the wrong way in the end. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Kudelaze won the first and the third, but the third was was either way. So I don't think it was any kind of robbery or anything like that. And it was a close fight. Maybe if I watched it back, uh, I might think differently. But uh, yeah, no, I did think that I did think it was going to go the other way. Good stuff. I'll have to check that out during the week, and uh, Dad's will be doing hot topic as well this week, so we'll uh, we might even touch it on that. Uh, Jackie and Buckley then against Albert Durev, just he kind of beat him around the place. Buckley did here when he when he got the chance. Uh, they, they talked about how these two lads had trained together, and it felt like Buckley kind of he went back to maybe what he used to be like before throwing all these big techniques in his last couple of fights he's been more kind of steady and fundamental I think uh, but he was you know even mentioned on commentary he was throwing bigger in this one and I think it worked for him honestly like there's some fighters like that we we've, we obviously often use the, the land of Anata and you use it Graham the, the land of Anata example you know when he's coming out and he's throwing all these big techniques he's actually better than when he's trying to be like a good fundamental fighter I think and now some, for some guys that's absolutely wrong but for others I think it is the way to do it and I think Buckley might be one of them you know he he does gas yeah. out and he does like Pereira Miguel Pereira like he needs to have at least some of that still in his game maybe not as, as wild as yeah. you know Johnny Walker you could say the same he's trying to become more technical but you need to keep some of that you know that danger and kind of unpredictability uh, in your game as well and you know find the balance I, and I think Buckley did find a good balance in this to be fair because um, he was still going well at the, at the end of that second round and uh, Jurev's eye obviously closed very very badly I love the way they kind of noticed it in the middle of the second round and then they just kind of let him go and the referee was looking at it the whole time it's like if the eye is shut then fucking come in get the pause the fight get the doctor to look at it I think it's weird. Oh, we'll just let it go till the end of the round. That's fucking man. I mean, just a soccer match and it was a little bit of broken leg and like, ah, uh, half time is in five minutes. Should we leave it? Like, this makes no fucking sense. Just pause the fight, get the doctor to look at it. It was obviously very, very bad. Now, the, I think the, the cut man with his inswell actually did a great job of trying to get it open or, or tried to do it anyway, but there was just nothing he could do. Um, and the doctor came in and rightly stopped it. I think Jurev kind of knew himself and his coroner knew himself yeah, he, as well. He kind of didn't put up much. Usually, you're 
you're kind of like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah. or just going to like brush the doctors away. But he, he did seem to think, yeah, maybe maybe it's better I get out of this. Yeah, but I suppose uh, there was one shot late that Buckley landed. I think it was kind of a kick to that side. Uh, and uh, and he just didn't see it at all. And I think at that point he was like, oh, fuck it. What, what can you do? Actually, Jurev landed a massive head kick on Buckley after Buckley had landed one on him early and he just walked straight through it. it, it I, it's always insane when you see those shots. You might see one of them every like two or three months in MMA, but someone just gets hit with a clean head kick and they just walk through it and you're like, these lads are made of something fucking different and he, J- uh, Jackie and Buckley seemingly in that fight anyway, was one of them lads. It was unbelievable. Um, the comment event then, we had Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Uh, very good performance from Kevin Holland, you know, kind of maybe an old school Kevin Holland performance. Not as much of the talking, not as much of the messing and bollocks and went in there. You know, Tim Means probably a good matchup for him. Ended up getting the finish, hurt Tim Means a couple of times. I hope a couple of times we got the, the Darsh choke, the Bravo choke uh, laid on and it was uh, it was impressive from Kevin Holland, wasn't it? Yeah, I agree with all that, but I do, you know, moving down from 185 to 170 against a guy with Tim Means who isn't the best kind of wrestler and he's getting kind of easy takedowns on you um at least one really easy takedown on you that's that, that's going to be worrying for Kevin Holland moving up the moving up the ranks of 170 there's a lot of good wrestlers up there you know if he wants to to make a shot at getting up to the upper echelon i think he's going to have to improve his wrestling you know uh you could you could maybe think oh 185 these are big strong guys and he's maybe he's getting taken down but and maybe he'll have you know I think I think he just has to work on his on his wrestling. Uh, it's going to cause some problems as he moves up. But besides that, those little moments, obviously, he kind of had his way with Tim Means and was beating him on the feet and probably could have finished him with strikes, but sunk in the dark choke and Tim Means tapped pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a good point though about one eighty five because he talked again afterwards about going up back up to one eighty five fighting Brunson again, and you know there aren't as many good wrestlers at one eighty five as there are at one seventy. And maybe, fighters, <laughs> fighters fighter. indeed, yeah, hundred percent. But like, look at someone like Adesanya. He, you know, is able to get to where he got though, and he without basically any wrestler test of of note. You know, you had the Brunsons, okay, and a couple of other guys as well. But you know, you don't have Colby there. You don't have yeah, uh, decent wrestlers, but there's no like high yeah. pedigree wrestlers that are gonna yeah cause exactly. A serious problem that might that might work out better for Holland if he went back up. I think and. Uh, Dana White didn't seem too opposed to it, so that's something we uh, we could see. But anyway, let's move on to the main event. Uh, Josh Emmett got the split decision win over Calvin Cater, went all uh, five rounds. Do you know what, Graham? It was a lot slower of a fight than I was expecting uh, from the start. They, they, uh, the first round, they kind of, I think, spent getting into it, and then from the second round on, there was a little bit more, but still in all, there wasn't that many like big, hurtful shots. The, the, probably the most effective shot of the whole fight, I don't think I even saw it, and it was the one that caused the cut early. Like It, it felt like... I haven't gone back and watched it, but it felt like it could have been the edge of a glove or something like that 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 caught, caught, caught uh, Emmett and cut his eye. But you know, overall, it, it was a good fight, but one that maybe underwhelmed a little bit. Was what was your taking it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting fight, but it was on kind of a knife edge the whole time, and he had to kind of. I find myself having to pay really close attention to it, you know. As you said, if you you kind of if you miss the second of it, you, you you could miss something vital like the the cut. I actually missed how the cut happened as well. I think it was probably 
just like kind of a glancing jab or something like that because uh, Qatar was kind of getting the jab going. But um, there was obviously uh, some follow-up shots that swelled up the eye as well. But uh, I think that the rounds were so close. Like I actually thought uh, that uh, Calvin won won the fight. Me I thought too. he won. I thought he won the second. The what was it? The second. Fourth and the fifth. fifth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had to. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was quite clear as well to be honest yeah uh, honestly that's exactly how I said it we, we haven't talked about it before I haven't put up my uh, scores or anything but that's exactly how I scored it too um, you know there was uh, a lot of winging punches from Emmett that were kind of wild but they were air. the commentators so were was reacting Cater, to them they landed but they were blocked on the hands a lot or yeah. moved, uh, uh, Calvin was moving away while they kind of maybe semi landed I, I didn't see anything too big but having said I didn't see anything too big from Calvin either so it, it was close, but uh, yeah, I think I think it, it probably came down to the second round. I'm I'm, I'm not sure what the judges' scorecards were, but uh, yeah, I thought I thought Calvin did enough. Um, yeah, enough to win that. Let me I'll pull up the judges' scorecards here as we uh, as we go on and see what they had. I actually haven't seen him yet either, but I'll run you through quickly what. Uh, actually, I have the judges' scorecards here now. Just let's uh, quickly look at it. So Douglas Crosby had it forty eight forty seven for. Uh, Cater the same as we had it, and he had two, four, and five. So we we, yeah, we yeah. agree with uh, we agree with Douglas Crosby, which is probably not great. Saldi Amada had a forty-eight, forty-seven for uh, Emmett. He had it the same way as us, but he had round two for uh, for Emmett. Um, and then Chris Lee had a forty-eight, forty-seven for Emmett too, obviously, but he had rounds one, three, and four for Emmett. Four for Emmett. Give four that's, for Emmett, yeah. That's, so that's a bit mad. Give two and five for four, Cater. Four. Yeah. What? Yeah, four seemed okay. to be like one of the close rounds. Yeah. One of the closest. I thought. That or, sorry, was no, one of the clearest clear, rounds. Clear. I mean, one of the clearest rounds. Yeah, sorry, not closest. One of the clearest rounds, but I don't know. I I, I run through quickly what I what way I saw the fight anyway. I thought round one, very little done by either guy. You know, I thought Cater was kind of controlling the range. But was landing just nodding. I think Emmett, he landed two big leg kicks. Um, he landed a body shot late as well, and I thought he, uh, I thought he won that round. Josh Emmett, based on that, he did get the cut, so that's maybe something you could put his way. But no, I thought Emmett won uh, that round, and uh, all what all three judges did give him that round. The second round, I thought. Cater was landing better with his jab, but not half as much as Cruz was saying. Uh, he landed a nice combination in the middle of it. Those late knees as well, uh, I thought were enough to seal him the round. Uh, Emmett landed a few late, but I thought it was a Cater round. Round three was round three was probably the closest one. Uh, Emmett landed more power shots. Um, he got more offensive when count, uh, than countering, and I think that kind of benefited for him. So I gave that one to Emmett for. Cater was landing way more, uh, but the power of Emmett, I thought, was good until the big spinning elbow uh, that hurt him. Uh, it didn't look massive, but his reaction, I think, showed that it was because he got wobbled again by that one-two, and there was late flurry for Emmett, but that's definitely a Cater round, I think. because the, like, yeah, He kind of moved into the elbow as well. Like, it looked yeah. like he took it well, but it looked really impactful. And. He did take a well, but the the reaction afterwards, the fact that he got wobbled with a one-two straight after it, I think showed that it was such a big shot. And the, that elbow and the one-two after were by far 
the biggest shots in a close round. Like he, Josh Emmett did have a good late flurry, but uh, and and I actually did think he was winning up until the big shots as well, but only barely winning. Even like I think they showed it was like forty four to twelve or something in terms of shots. Uh, Cater leading Emmett, but I had Emmett leading with those twelve uh, shots yeah, based on power. But strikes a lot of shite though, yeah. exactly. But uh, I'm just kind of giving an example of of the way that I didn't take that into account. But still, the significance of the two strikes, the elbow. And the one, the three strikes. Well, the elbow and the one-two that uh, Cater landed were more significant than any of his forty-four shots or any of the the fifteen or sixteen shots that Emmett landed. So I didn't win that. And then the fifth, uh, Cater just picked him apart. This was weird. Like Josh Emmett, his eye looked really bad. Uh, Cater's eye actually started to close up as well in this round, but Emmett just did nothing until like the last forty seconds, and then just like missed every shot. That was uh, because of his corner, I think. His corner yeah. told him he's basically uh, after the. Second round, he says you're two rounds up, and then uh, after the fourth round, he said you're winning three one. He's going to get mm-hmm. desperate. Watch out! Don't like basically be careful. They turned and, in the end. They turned out they were right because yeah, <laughs> but fucking the hell, they were they were lucky. <laughs> they, were, they were lucky. Yeah, because it was... that fourth round, the fourth round that he definitely lost, in my opinion, uh, had it been scored correctly by by who was it? One, one uh, Chris Lee was it? Yeah, yeah Chris he, Lee. Yeah, then he would have lost the fight. So it was very risky uh, corner advice. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, it wasn't the hardest fight in the world to, to judge. And now that's easy for me to say, sitting fucking here at my desk. Uh, you know. 3,000 miles away or whatever it was but we kind of both kind of got it the same like way if, if Chris Lee had given the second round to to Emmett and uh, uh, he had won the fight that way I would have understood it more but the fourth round yeah. just is a bit is a bit out there yeah look the, yeah, the, the second and the second and third rounds I, you know all three even gave the third round to Emmett which uh, I, I think was correct I had it that way as well but I thought that might have been this, the swing round uh, that, that second round I, I can understand the second round as well, but I don't know. It just felt like it felt like Emmett wasn't just wasn't doing enough, you know. But I don't know. It, it, it was one of yeah, those. No, I'm fights. just comparing it to the fourth round. You yeah, know, it was, the, four the rounds fourth round didn't seem as close as, as those those earlier rounds to me at all. Yeah, it was that was definitely a kid around, but uh, yeah, in the end he uh, he loses it anyway, and Emmett moves on. Emmett called out either Volkanovski or Holloway. Uh, I'd say he'll be waiting for that one. <laughs> to be fair, then I might afterwards like so I don't another know. another wrong decision, Sean, as the as the uh, head of the, <laughs> the judges' union. What do you have to say? Uh, I don't a, know. A rough patch. No, it's been a, a rough patch. Why? Which which other one was wrong? Sure, it wasn't was it Shevchenko. That, uh, <laughs> I did you watch that? I watched that fight back, and it was like, geez, it was way way clearer for Shevchenko on uh, watch back than it was watching it live. Bias. Expectancy yeah. bias, yeah. Sure, we were all expecting Cater to win this. Expectancy bias was the only reason, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, it was a fight that maybe grew into itself. It kind of got better until the fourth round, and then in the fifth, it was kind of a a damn squib as well with Emmett just doing nothing. But um, yeah. Not not a great fight. Probably like a solid 6.7 there in, on the, the scale that I used to do that I gave up on doing. But, uh, yeah. So what did you think, as uh, speaking uh, of your, your position as the head of the judges' union, what did you think yeah. of the, the Jeremy Stevens miles Price decision? Yeah, we'll get to that next. And let's get to it. I, I thought uh, I thought Miles Price won it, to be honest. It was yeah, a, I actually thought too. Yeah. Yeah, it was the very second close. second round so. was, was really, really close, but I thought he did enough. Uh, and the third round, I thought he, he, he definitely won. And yeah. Jeremy Stevens definitely won the first, but like it definitely wasn't any robbery or any. It was a close round, but uh, yeah, I, I thought he was going to get his hand raised. And I think uh, they have like live betting odds 
uh, everybody seemed to think, like the, the betting public seemed to think that, uh, I think by the end of the fight, he was a minus 400 uh, price after being plus 1100 or something like that at one stage. Yeah. It, look, at the first round, Jeremy Stevens, um, he did well. He landed probably the, the better shots than Miles. Miles tried to get a takedown early again. Didn't work out for him. Ended up in bottom, but yeah, he didn't panic yeah. this time. He, he did the, well. The, he got out of it. But yeah, the takedowns in the middle of the cage didn't didn't go well for for Miles in in the fight. I think a couple of times, but um, the one he got against against the cage was was huge for him in the third round. And just it was really strange. Jeremy Stevens just looked so odd with his with his head shave. Yeah, he, he just looked like he, did, he looked yeah. like a completely. I, I just it was just off putting or something during the fight. I was like, this is just weird. I don't yeah. know. What, like I know, like usually if a guy shaves his head, he looks similar. Like, but Jeremy Stevens looked like a completely different person. It was also odd just seeing Miles Price against Jeremy Stevens for some reason. It was one of those. I I didn't watch all the card last night. And I kind of went back and watched some of it or on Friday night, and I kind of just turned it on for this this fight because I saw him coming out. And I was like, "Jeez, this is this is a bit weird." But uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty good fight, honestly. Miles had a phenomenal performance. I thought this was a great great performance because you know another tough start again after. And I, I talked to him about like the mental aspect of it last week, the Pettis fight coming out early. Like, do you go for the takedown? And you know what ha- what happened can happen, or do you hold on, not go for the takedown, maybe get knocked out, and everyone's saying, "How oh, the fuck didn't he go for the takedown?" That's a very tough thing. Like, what 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 decision do you make? And it was the same coming in here again. I'm sure he was thinking that as he walked out f- yeah. for Stevens. But it- well, I think the decision is you go for the takedown, and even if you don't get it, you know, at least Jeremy Stevens is, is now has in his head, "Oh shit, like I've got to worry about this takedown yeah. at all times." Yeah, and that that did happen. To be fair, the second round, like I I think it was. Very very even but I think the biggest thing that happened in that second round was like a 3-4 combination from Miles Price like in the middle of the cage the only thing I think that went against him is that Jeremy Stevens landed one big shot right, right after, after that there yeah. was like a combo from Miles real nice combo from Miles and it was one but it was for me it was a little bit reaching it was a little bit yeah I agree yeah, yeah. it kind of took away from it though because we always talk about you know the reaction that the fighter has to the f- the strikes show how much it's scored on the judges and I feel like that good reaction from Jeremy Stevens won him the fight like literally that one punch won him the fight in an odd way because if he hadn't let's say if he'd backed up against the cage or even like Miles had pushed him against away, the cage yeah. some circle away yeah I think Miles wins that fight honestly I do but that one right hand that he got back he kind of you know if it had scored five points he might have got two of them back with the right hand or whatever no that's not the way it scored but you know what I mean it was I was so close and then Miles went out and took him down and dominated him on top uh, in the uh, in the third round it wasn't by any means like a 10-8 or a destruction or anything but he had but he landed top position landed enough shots, yeah. yeah, enough shots not get it stood he, up enough shots to win the round yeah, he made it difficult for Jeremy like you know he went in there and you know did everything that we kind of said in in the, when we previewed this fight that he needed to, needed to do to win and you know it's, it's going to be very disappointing hard to take because you know as you said it, it was razor close second round it probably came down to that five second period where, where that combo from Miles and that reply from Jeremy and that basically swung the fight and you know he's obviously got two quick losses here but he gave him much much better account of the fighter that he actually is in this fight and maybe it's hard to take now, but maybe in the future you can kind of look back at it as a as a kind of big, big, good performance in his career. So I was actually talking to him last night for a second, and he kind of said that to me. He was like, you know, some fights you win and they're a loss, and some fights you lose and they're a win. And he kind of said like, this feels like more of a win than a loss, you know, even though he did end up losing, which is it's I good. It's so good quickly he's kind of yeah. come to that. Usually it takes a while of kind of 
yeah. the, the depression first <laughs> and yeah. then the, then the kind of the, re, the realism of it and I, I know this is kind of the end of the season but Miles was kind of saying that uh, PFL are probably trying, trying to gonna, going to try to get him back in there uh, this year again in, in eight weeks or something like that so you know that's obviously not official but it's that's what they're kind of looking at as well. So that's great. And hopefully you'll be able to get on next season as well. You never know as well with this uh, playoff format and all. Someone could get injured. Someone could fall out. And maybe Miles Rice will be able to yeah, get back ready. in it or something. So, Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. It's stay ready. So great performance for Miles. And uh, I, I would love to see him back in there next year if he can't get back in there this year. But um, What did you think about Jeremy Stevens? Did you think he looked kind of shot or do you think it was just more Miles um, made it dirty? I don't know. Uh, do you know what? The, the weight cut mightn't have been great for him. I, I know he didn't cut the hair because of the weight cut. People were saying that, but he had some like, I'm, uh, let's say a manscape. What does hair even wear? Like, <laughs> yeah, weigh, like imagine got really long hair, probably weighs like point one of a kilo. He, or something he like had that. a non-manscaped uh, uh, sponsorship apparently with some hair shitty hair cutting uh, company, and they apparently manscaped. got him manscaped to manscaped.com. <laughs> but uh, I think that's the reason why he did it. But yeah, um, he looked good in the first round, I think. But I think the fact that Miles kind of took a lot of his best shots and kept coming and made it awkward for him. I think Miles's cardio was fantastic in this as well. He kept going for the whole fucking fight. I think that's what look. That's what Jeremy has always suffered with when people can yeah. take his shot and push forward. I think that was exactly it here as well. So he look. He didn't look like the best Jeremy Stevens. I wouldn't say that, but um, I think Miles fought well. Fought very well against him. Um, quickly in the rest of that card, a couple of the standouts. I mentioned Josh Silvera last week, who's the son of Conan Silvera, the uh, the, the world renowned coach over at ATT. He won. He moves to nine and zero. Now he beat Martin Hamlet, who has been kind of a, a very good wrestler in that. Uh, uh, in that 205-pound PFL division for the last while, so a big win for him there. Rob Wilkinson, he's on a great run here. He's only 15-2 and two now. One of those losses was Stadis He knocked out Victor Peshta, who got a massive... or who got knocked out as well in his last fight, so maybe turning around quickly wasn't great for him. Dylan Monte beat Emiliano Sordi in an upset, which I kind of half predicted, if I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't predict in Nathan Schultz to beat Martin Held. He got that one back after Held beat him a couple of years ago. Mary Ekmedov knocked out Theodorus Akulis, this who to be honest, sorry he submitted him with an arm trouble yeah, yeah, yeah not a great fighter to be honest Theodorus but Amari Ekmanov as well another guy who's really benefited from going to PFL and uh, that's two finishes in a row for him uh, this year so he's looked very good Obama Mercier then against Hosh Mafeu I actually haven't caught that fight yet I must go back and catch it I, I thought that Mafeu would win that fight but Obama Mercier ended up winning it Antonio Carlos Jr surprisingly enough went to a decision with Perusi Soto and then in the main event Alex Martinez and Clay Collard uh, went to a split decision Martinez won that one I watched that one back this morning I picked Martinez to win it honestly but I, I had Collard win so um, I, I actually I'm not sure of the reaction I saw a few people talking about all oh, the bad judging in this or whatever but it, that second round I think was a very tough one to score because Collard knocked Martinez down like really hard at the start of the round and then Martinez almost rear naked choked Collard towards the end of it so that was kind of that was the split round and uh, you know that's a tough job on the judges do you go for the big knockdown or do you go for the guy who was almost uh, almost choked out I'm just looking at the uh, cards here and MMA decisions and uh, is that the way they had it so um, the first round it was collared 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 yeah the second round was Martinez 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 and the third round was collared Martinez Martinez so um, yeah, it was actually the third round that went the other way but um, yeah I think I see all four lads here picking on uh, the media scores all had it for collar 29-28 and that's the way I had it as well but 
yeah um it was yeah the, the, it's funny the, the third round I thought went for Martinez actually the one judge gave it against him and they all gave the second for him so you know fair enough if, if you had it that way it was that was pretty good judging or pretty uh uh, even enough judging something we can't complain too much about it I suppose uh, right let's talk about uh, next week Graham and let's look ahead to uh, what UFC is next week is there a UFC there is a UFC in six days time let's see who's fighting there Armand Saryukin <laughs> against Matthias Gamrat a great fucking fight a really 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 good fight Saryukin is one of the best up and comers in that division Gamrat has been around for a long 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 time we saw him you know fighting in KSW and dominating over there 20 and 1 only lost to uh, the guy we saw there what last week um, Kuta Taladze was it if I'm not mistaken let me pull it up here yeah Gordon Kuta Taladze is his only loss obviously has that win over Norman Park and the no contest with Norman Park as well Um, so it's yeah, wasn't a there a lot of cheating going on in the, those a couple of eye and a few things happened to that but uh, yeah this is a really good fight the comment event is fantastic as well Neil Magny against Shavkat Rachmanov um, I would nearly have rather seen that honestly as the main event but uh, I won't complain about Saryuk and Garmat being the main event because that's very good as well and in the rest of the card do you know what a fight that I think is brilliant uh, Umar Magomedov versus Nate Mianis uh, Mianis I watched a couple of his fights recently because really? yeah, Tony Gravely fought uh, who did Tony Gravely fight? Uh, God almighty Johnny Munoz didn't he? And he uh, Nate Manis has a win over both of them and both of them are good fighters so you know by, by MMA Matt's there he's a very good fighter as well and he's going in there against Nurmagomedov so I think that's a good fight uh, do you not think I so? No, no I think I, I think Nurmagomedov's going to I think him. it well yeah, we'll we wait and see on that one now. You know, Tony Gravely's a very good wrestler and he couldn't destroy him, so we'll see. We'll see. I think he'll probably win as well, but I wouldn't rule out Manus at all. I haven't watched him a good bit, but uh, Chris Curtis is back again. He's fighting Hadolfo Vieira. That's an interesting one. Taffan and Cucci is fighting Carlos Olberg. Um, so, yeah, there, we'll, look, we'll have a full breakdown of that anyway this week on the preview show, probably Thursday night, Wednesday night at midnight. Well, if you're in Ireland and you'd want to stay up that late, watch it the next morning over. On, uh, over on YouTube and start your day off well with that one I'll run you quickly through Graham PFL and the Bellator cards for next week as well I know you're really excited about them I have breakdowns of them coming out on uh, Cage Warriors this week so I've looked into them a lot Brendan Lachnan is back yeah. he's fighting Boston Salmon who's a, a tricky southpaw uh, he fought a tricky soap on Roji Kuda the last time as well almost got knocked out uh, because of it so I'm sure he'll be uh, looking out for Salmon here I'm very interested to see if he has recovered from that injury he had in the last fight we'll see coming into this one whether he is or not um, but it's a big fight for him if he wants to get into the playoffs in the 145 pound division uh, Lance Palmer as well against Shaman Morais obviously the former champion there uh, Palmer Morais very good fighter as well and uh, we'll see how that yeah, one goes Palmer I don't know he hasn't looked he hasn't looked no. his old self recently I think I think the gig might be up one of those guys as well that needs to get out of PFL I think I like PFL and I like yeah, he what should have gone out about four years ago ah, maybe uh, not that much but, <laughs> yeah, he's, I feel like PFL right it's great to go and win it it's great to go and win it a second time but after you've won it a second time you need to go in and go and do something else because like it's like you're starting all over again you know and starting all over again is, is never great but uh, especially in the same place so I think you know him and Nathan Schultz as well I'd love to see him go and try something out uh, elsewhere but that million quid 
that's a million quid as well you can't give out about that so uh, Bubba Jenkins fighting Sabah Balaji I don't think Balaji put up much of a fight in that one very good fight Ali Asayev this guy is fucking legit 9-0 hasn't fought in two years but he's a, a heavyweight that throws big spinning wheel kicks and stuff and has good wrestling as well Jamal Jones got knocked down like 8 seconds last time so yeah I think uh, I think Asayev will, or, uh, Isayev will win that one he actually beat Dennis Galsov uh, last time out and Galsov is fighting this guy Sam Kay who's come over from Australia who looks like he's knockout power and good wrestling as well so that could be interesting uh, Anton Deja is going to absolutely destroy Short Austin Hinan Fahea is the guy who knocked your man out in 8 seconds he's fighting Clidson Abreu who's a good tricky southpaw with unbelievable jiu-jitsu as well so he'll be trying to stay as far away from Fahea as he can get the fight to the ground and win it there Chris Fouade is fighting Kyle Bozniak if Wade can get the fight to the ground he should win Bozniak likes to drag things into a war at times so, so that could be interesting uh, Anthony Pettis against Stevie Ray Graham what do you think of that fight yeah. we, know, we know how Anthony Pettis is best don't we do you think Ray can do it yeah well you know the, the blueprint is definitely there uh, as you mentioned there and Stevie Ray you know he'd have to put on kind of one of the best performances if not the best performances of, of his career but this, the style is there and you know uh, it's a lot closer a fight in my opinion than it would have been uh, over, over the years so um, now is the time to do it but yeah, I still think Pettis will probably have enough. You know, he, he like he showed against Miles Price. He he is very he is very dangerous still. Uh, you know, his losses are the kind of top guys. I know the clay collar thing or whatever, but he's shown himself to be a very good fighter as well. But uh, yeah, I'd probably pick Pettis. But it's a much closer fight than than it would have been in in previous uh, years. Yeah, yeah, I think that blueprint is the most important part of it. Like if if he can do what needs to be done, you know, could. Uh, it could go well for him. Uh, and in the main event, uh, Bruno Capilosa, my guy, one of my favourite fighters, fighting Matthias Scheffel, who is absolutely useless. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good card, though, overall. It is, yeah. It's a good card. I broke it down well there, didn't I? I'm, I'm like the world's premier fucking PFL journalist, I feel like, here. Breaking down all their cards are very, very fun. But, um, yeah, that should just, be fun. Just one. Throw, an, throw an Irish guy or two on a card and we're, we're, we're in. We're in. We're away with it. Uh, Bellator then. Uh, not as exciting a card, I suppose. They've summoned their good up and comers. Irish, uh, Irish Brennan Ward. Irish Brennan Ward. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas Brennan as well. He's definitely Irish. Uh, he's 6 0. Cody Law, 6 0 as well. Uh, Arya Stark, Ilira Joanna is on this card as well. A big fight for the women's uh, featherweight division. Kat Zingano against Pam Sorensen. Probably the winner of that uh, is going to fight for the title. Let's see how much Kat Zingano has left in the tank against Sam's, uh, Pam Sorensen. Uh, 150. 55 pounds as well it could be the next title decider Brent Primus is fighting Alexander Shabley who's uh, been very impressive so far uh, as you mentioned Bryn, Bryn Ward is back as well we have the uh uh, 135 pound tournament two massive fights in as well Magomed Magomedov versus Enrique Barzola that's my fight of the weekend that's a fucking brilliant fight I love Enrique Barzola and if he can stop that takedown against Magomed Magomedov it's going to be a nightmare for him we saw Rafian Stotts was able to do that and he beat him so if Barzola can do the same he'll make it very interesting and then Danny Sabatello uh, is fighting Leandro Higo, uh, another wrestler against a guy who's obviously an unbelievable Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but a good striker too. So that'll be an interesting matchup there. Uh, and in the main event, Johnny Eblen human, against Gegard the Mousasi. human cheat code. The human cheat code, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is stylistically like he he does have a chance here, but it is a big step up in in class uh, from John Salter to to Gegard Mousasi. But you know. I don't see him winning it, but I, I see him making it difficult for, for Musasi uh, early anyway. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think Musasi's experience and his all round game is going to be is going to be too much. Yeah, Eblen's wrestling is obviously brilliant, um, and his striking has improved an awful lot over his last maybe four or five fights. But a lad who could barely strike four or five fights ago has gone in there against fucking Gegard Musasi. Now that doesn't that doesn't make for uh, that doesn't make for good reading for him. I don't think. So, but if he can get the takedown, you know, yeah. early, you know, yeah. that changes everything. And look, Gegard's been beaten by good wrestlers before. Now his last fight against Austin Vanderford, he went out and just destroyed him, you know, very early. So, but Austin Vanderford did get uh, like a stinger or something in that fight. But yeah, it's. <sighs> I did, look, you, you have to pick Musasi there, but as you said, there's ways for Eblen to win. An early takedown, keep him down, hold him down. Um, he can beat Musasi. Um, and Musasi can be a bit passive, like you know, can, he, yeah. if he's on the if he's on his back, he can kind of just accept him more than maybe fighting, other fighters. Or maybe very often his ability, too, isn't ability should. You know, he has the ability to get back up, but maybe sometimes he just doesn't because he's Gegar Musasi yeah. but uh, no I, I, I do see him having, having enough here indeed 100% right let's move on talk a little bit about Cage Warriors right so Cage Warriors come back to the island of Ireland and is it just me Graham or is this flying a little bit under the radar uh, usually these Irish shows are massive and we're talking about them for weeks and weeks beforehand but it feels like it feels like we've just been waiting for a few announcements that have never come like the Paul Hughes fight fell out that was, obviously he was supposed to fight I don't know who he's supposed to fight I think Harilla was the name going around because uh, uh, Vucinic is kind of I don't know what he's doing now um, then there was like talks of Joe McColgan at the very start and then that just went nowhere so we were like everyone was like yeah. oh we're going to have Henry three title Pepe fights also fell off the card as well so and, uh, yeah it's like we're going to have three title fights here Loads of people to talk about, and then it's like, oh, well, we have one title fight, which is great. It's a very, very good fight, and I think the lads have Reese McKee on this week, uh, and uh, you know he's fighting Justin Burlington, which is a very good fight. But it just feels like it's a good a card. Yeah. It's a good card, but we were like expecting so much more. It's in you know it's in the Odyssey as well in Belfast, didn't it? The SSC Arena, which is a big arena, and I'm not sure. I haven't looked at ticket sales or anything like that as well. But uh, you you. I thought they were going to put on like a massive card to sell lots of tickets and it's not that easy to do it you know especially when you've injuries to guy like, guys like Paul Hughes I'm not sure McCulgan McCulgan you know I talked to him in an interview a couple of months ago now and he's said in other places as well that you know his most important thing is his day job and you absolute massive respect for him for that but you know getting him on this card would have been massive and the fact that they haven't been able to do it is is, uh, is unfortunate but anyway what we have is is a pretty good card. What do you think of the, the McKee versus Burlington fight? It's a massive one, isn't it? And this is, you know, this is a UFC level fight, I think, here. And the winner of this will be on their, maybe not straight away back to the UFC, but definitely on the road to it. Yeah, it's no easy matchup, you know. It's uh, for Reese, it's, uh, it's no easy matchup for either guy. Uh, it's going to be, it's a hard one to pick. Like, it's, it's like, I, I, I think, I think Reese will have to, will have to be uh, sharp early. Like if if if, he, if it kind of if the tide kind of goes with, with Burlington early, it, it could be a long night for Reese. But I probably would back Reese to get it done. You know, it's got, it's going to be a big crowd as well, which he's which he's been in before, a uh, lot of support as well. He's uh, obviously fought on a uh, in the UFC. Uh, he has that experience. He's fought at the top level in Cage Warriors. Uh, he's shown some some 
brilliant performances in the past and been like, you know, we've talked to Atlanta how, you know, the, she might have uh, late, uh, short notice fight. Uh, UC debut was was basically a write-off. Like everybody knew that even going in. Uh, and uh, the Alex Morano was a close fight that he lost and was very harshly cut. And, you know, he came back with a, with a, with a good uh, finish, uh, a good finish in his uh, Cage Warriors return. But I think this is a much tougher fight. And as you said, it's kind of like a, a UFC caliber fight. And, uh, you know, whoever wins this will probably be straight back into the UFC. And I, I think Reese will get it done. But I think this, this if he doesn't get, if he doesn't kind of get into his flow early, this is, this could be a very difficult yeah, uh, I think Burlinson, like on his last fight, he got kind of clipped at one stage and he came back and he maybe showed uh, a couple of things that you need to show as someone only what seven, eight fights into your career. And I think that will, will serve him well going forward. And I, I think Reese McKee probably look at that and go, well, look. I need to bring out a few of those bad things he showed and in the fight before that as well obviously on the contender series where he lost uh, that's what Reese will be looking to do but I think both of these guys are going to be kind of walking forward throwing bombs at each other or not necessarily throwing bombs but technical bombs maybe uh, this is five rounds as well we must remember that so uh, it'll be very very interesting you know Reese has obviously struggled to make 155 before up at 170 now but I think he's grown and probably struggling to make 170 now, maybe not struggling but it's still a bit of a cut to get down there I'm sure for Burlington as well so you know to go that those five rounds you know as you said when you're not in the UFC when you're not earning that big money maybe not able to invest as much as you normally uh, would be it's uh, it makes it all even tougher so it's going to be a very I think it's going to be a really good technical fight honestly I wouldn't be surprised if it went to all five rounds and was close uh, but that the power from both guys I think early will be interesting but if they can kind of both get through that I think it'll turn into a long technical fight and it could be the one that someone whoever has like the better technique and the better game plan will shine through and end up winning maybe 4-1 or 3-2 or whatever it might be but yeah I think I'm expecting a very good fight is what I'm expecting here and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing it obviously yeah. I, I, yeah. I could see either guy getting getting TKO'd or KO'd in the first round or I could see it going to a, to a <laughs> yeah. decision it, it's you know. very evenly matched yeah great fight great fight um Obviously, we're going to break down this whole card during the week on on a preview. I don't know if I'm I'm doing it for here or Sherdog where I'm doing it, but we'll have one anyway somewhere. But there are some really good up and coming Irish prospects in this card after the Pasquale Hardwick fight. You know, Harry Hardwick's back here. He's better fighting for a title soon. But Caelan Knocker is back as well. Five and all. He's fighting another five and all guy. Fesses Abru, um, James Sheehan, who we mentioned earlier. Obviously, he's a fierce, severe and male sponsored athlete. He's fighting Martin Koss, who's three and one. You know, if James Sheehan can move to five and two here that's absolutely massive for uh, for his career the two Shelley brothers as well on it Ryan Shelley's fighting Matthew Elliott that is an unbelievable matchup and you know, that's a brave man Ian Dean putting him the two lads together because you know they're two uh, two big prospects and Ryan Shelley you know will be the uh, the underdog I suppose coming in or not the underdog but the uh, he'll be fighting the hometown favor, so he'll probably be getting a few boo- boos and stuff there. You know, Matthew Elliott fighting out of uh, FAI up up the north, so uh, the old the old Dubliner will be the <laughs> will be the the guy probably getting the boos coming in there. So at yeah, four and all, territory. <laughs> territory going in there, yeah, indeed. And you know, his brother might get the same <laughs> when he when he's got in there too. So you know, I think the Andy Young fight is off as well. He was supposed to fight Scott Malone. That's obviously very uh, unfortunate. Glenn Irvine is on the card against uh, Mike Chamu. Um, 
I think the Jordan O'Neill fight and the Troy Gibson fights are off as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we, we obviously with, with cage warriors, you never know until Monday or Tuesday what's on and what's off. So we will update the card as it goes. As you mentioned, the Henry, Henry Felipe fight is off as well. So it's been a very tough time over the last while for cage warriors with fights falling off. And, you know, this London card coming up as well. And I think a lot of people want to fight in London. They're trying to get on that card. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's I don't know I'm sure it'll be a great card and Adam Darby's on the card as well I must mention that as well um, but uh, yeah we'll have a, a full breakdown of it uh, this week anyway and I'm uh, looking forward to, to watching it next weekend as well always fun to watch Cage Warriors and always fun to see them on uh, back on Irish Island you know what we might uh, we might even have someone else background this week up there at, at Cage Warriors you know on the microphone you, you, you're teasing everything that, uh, teasing that isn't done yet yeah that isn't well it's <laughs> <not done> yet. <laughs> don't, don't well. count your chickens <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Johnny. true that's true we'll uh, we'll wait on that one so so yeah I think uh, that's most of the, the news we've had this week um, yeah so we leave it at that what do you think Graham For everyone who had soccer can just turn off the podcast now but what do you think uh, Liverpool selling your best player that must have been tough was it uh, Mane, yeah, well, he's one of our one of our best players over the last few years. He's done a, he's done an absolutely like phenomenal job uh, uh, throughout his time uh, at Liverpool. You know, obviously he had a bit of a not last season that's just ended, but the season before after COVID, he had a bit of a tough time, but he came back even stronger. And you know, he's done it in important times for his country and for Liverpool, winning goals, uh, things like that. He's going to be a big miss, but you know, as you've been saying for years, you know, the squad's kind of aging at the same time and needs to be freshened up and you know Fabio Carvalho has come in and Nunes has come in and Diaz came in a few months ago as well uh, a bit earlier than expected because Spurs tried to tried to get him as well so uh, that had to be pushed forward a few months so um, it's freshening it up but it is very sad to see uh, like a legend like that leave uh, but with one year left on his deal you, you kind of have to sell him now or or um or you lose him for nothing, and, and in the I market at the moment, him. it's hard. You know, for the wages he's looking for, four hundred grand a week uh, at Liverpool, and I think he's getting three fifty at at, uh, at Bayern Munich. So, you know, there's not many clubs that can offer that uh, at the moment, uh, especially with the signings that have been made. Uh, obviously, um, PSG signing Mbappe to a new contract and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a a hard position to be in. You want to give him 400 grand a week at his age for a five-year contract or do you want to let it go another year and lose him for nothing? So, yeah, it's sad to see him go, but it, it's uh, it's good we have um, kind of reinforcements in already. Diaz looking good and Nunes hopefully hit the ground running. Carvalho yes, looks really good just... in the championship. Obviously, a young player probably take take a while but yeah. uh, promising signs from what I've seen obviously scored against City in the FA Cup alright 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 so, all right, all right, all right. so you know the, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't worry too much about uh, oh you wouldn't you know, worry Klopp, oh, yeah. Klopp, no. Klopp's a uh, it's a bit and of the, a, and the team have a very good record of uh, buying and selling players. It's a bit of a Man United move, though, isn't it? Selling like a good player for half nothing and then paying a hundred million for uh, some unknown lad from Portugal, like bit of a Man United unknown. move. There. Unknown, oh, some unknown. Because you're not watching the Champions League because Man United aren't in there. Your city fan, oh, yeah. you you've never, game, you've so never yeah, seen yeah, fucking Darren Nuwe. Who the he fuck scored is in he? both legs against Liverpool? Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, solid fucking whoever. So did nobody else. Oh yeah, you're a, you knew exactly who Darwin Nunes because you watch him on fucking YouTube. That's what you know. I saw him obviously in both signing lads from Liverpool. I'm obviously watching Liverpool. You are too as a as a huge Man 
City fan. This is the beginning of the end for Liverpool. Like, where it, it just looks so like you've the been saying this for fucking. Oh, was not right? You, you, you finished behind Man United fucking last season. Last season we finished second, man. What are you talking about? You, well, whatever it was, two seasons ago. Sorry, this season. Ah, the, the season, the curse season of all the injuries and Since the Man United. We don't, we don't live on our Yeah, we'd fucking only go on our Solskjaer. Still yeah, you were supporting him, saying how great he was. Never won the league last year. Never won the Champions League. Never scored a goal in the final. I don't know. Graham, it's <laughs> scored loads of goals in the final from the penalty spot. Even, even the goalkeeper got in on the act. Like <laughs> sure, at least we had finals to get to, Sean. You, you, uh, we had finals to get there. We didn't get there. You, but you, <laughs> what, what finals did your team, Man City, get to? Uh, I, I support Manchester United, unfortunately. No, I've got, I wish I've got I did two, fucking two or three years of uh, WhatsApp messages that would say otherwise. Uh, you only think <laughs> you don't even like football. You don't, about, would, are, are they playing? Are they? Oh, I didn't even know they were playing. Man City are uh, playing, you're all over it. What about You're the like WhatsApp fucking... message I sent you asking um, asking if you were pleased with Liverpool season or not, and you just completely ignored it? Do you want to answer that now? Or are you pleased oh, with no, Liverpool no, you season? Sent a, you no, sent so many messages no, that I just didn't, I didn't respond. Go on, you can respond. But, uh, yeah, no, I, was, I was pleased with the season. Oh, Obviously, yeah. it ended it ended uh, badly, but uh, to get into the position of you know a few minutes away from a potential quadruple, you know, a complete collapse by uh, by Aston Villa away from a league and, you know, an unfortunate, uh, probably deserved to win the game performance against Real Madrid. So, you know, in order, in order to, to, to fail at the very top level, you got to get there. And, you know, for, for, for a Man United and a Man City fan, you know, uh, I don't know which you are these days. It's 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 hard to keep uh, keep track. Well, of Man City won the league. Very satisfying for you to see us lose, but it's good Great to, to uh, it's good to be in the position to to attempt to win these trophies. I love the way you're kind of back in old school Liverpool fan mode as well, where you have to like come up with all these excuses. It's no, actually it great. It's great to see. It's great, it's great to see. But yeah, congratulations anyway, you had a great season. Yeah, good good sign for you anyway. The, oh, hold on, yeah, you won the cups you, you that you be, want what, what? to be out of. Like <laughs> you, you uh, and you'll admit this, won't you? You always want to be out of those cups in the first round. Like you never want to win them, isn't that correct? Yeah, I want out. Of, I want out of the the cups. When yeah, we and then you won. That's all you but, won this year. Uh, like I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was ideal. I think even with the squad uh, this year, it it didn't work out. Like I think if we if we hadn't had to play as many games, we might have ended up you know winning either one or for both of the Champions League and the league. Like we were kind of the walking wounded. Fabinho was coming back from an injury to play the final. Thiago was playing the final injured. You know, Van Dyke was coming back from an injury. Everybody was just kind of like on their last legs by that stage because of so many games. And that's the problem with the... With Aging the squad, cups. as I said. Yeah, that's correct. And it's the problem with the Cups. There's just too many games. Like even, you know, uh, we've seen it with Man City. Uh, when they go for all the Cups, it always falls apart in the in the Champions League in the end. Yeah. All right, we leave it there. Shirt in Tin Hag, we trust. It's going to be a great next season. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll have to clip this up uh, in, in Tin Hag, we trust. So Liverpool three months' United. time, you'll be calling for uh, <laughs> death by shooting. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'll give him a bit of a chance anyway, but I, yeah, he's not one of these lads where he comes in and I'm like, look, we'll give him it's a couple of years and see. I don't know. Good. He's got the, the worst English of any Dutchman I've ever, I've ever heard. I said <laughs> that. that I start. said that to one of my friends and he completely shat me. He was like, what are you talking about? He's perfect English. And I was like, what? No, uh, when you're, if you go, go to Holland or, or Netherlands mm-hmm. and 99% of people speak absolutely perfect English, <laughs> like from my experience, but he doesn't. 
Yeah. Anyway, we leave it at that. At least Limerick are class anyway, although I haven't said that. We never know. We've got <laughs> I don't like know for us. Like that, yeah, yeah, right, we leave it there. Thanks to everybody for listening. Anyone who's stuck by for the end of the podcast, fair play to you. You're all fucking legends. Uh, we will leave it there. Graham, let us go with the quote of the week. Hey, wait. I got a new complaint. Forever in debt to your priceless advice. What's that one from Bayern Munich? Is it all right? We'll see you all next week. Good luck.